69 offense. He was giving them the business. I like Pittsburgh, I always have. If, if they had a bigger airport, I'd live here. <laughs> and that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Playoffs? What talk about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Hello and welcome to the Backyard PA Football Podcast where we discuss high school football between Pittsburgh and Morgantown along Interstate 79 and Interstate 70 if you're going from east to west. I am Nathan Grella. I'm Jeremiah Miller. And we are going to spend this podcast recapping the first round of the playoffs. It was an exciting round, or a couple of rounds, or no, first round. <laughs> Man, I'm having a rough time already tonight. Um, but we're going to jump right into it. Uh, Jeremiah, just what were your overall thoughts and reactions here from the first round of the playoffs, or, you know, the quarterfinals for most of it? Yeah, um, just a little sad. Uh, we only have two uh, coverage teams. Um, from the start of the season left in Belvernum and TJ. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to give a shout-out and a thanks to all the teams in the coverage area that made it such a great season. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get Belvernum and TJ both in the 4A championship and, uh, you know, get a rematch of that great game that was back in week four. So I look forward to that, hopefully. But um, I know TJ's got a tough test against the undefeated Plum Mustangs and then Belvernum making the hike up to the pit and Aliquippa, so hopefully both those teams uh, will pull out wins there so we can see that epic rematch. Yeah, as I follow the scores throughout the night, um, I considered changing the name of the podcast to the Backyard 4A Football Podcast. Um, but, yeah, so we only have two teams left, really, but uh, this weekend we'll be covering Shenango Clareton as well, um, and then AJ will be heading to Gateway Pierce Township, so we'll be ranching out a little bit here with our coverage uh, down the sh- stretch here. So, um, but uh, before we talk about anything, I just want to encourage all of our listeners to go check us out on any audio podcast place. Subscribe, uh, leave a comment, and leave a like. You know, it really helps us out. Um, go check out us on all of our social media: Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, um, the whole shebang. So go go check us out on there as well. And besides that, let's get started with the podcast and recapping some of these games. Uh, we'll start out here in 1A. The Shenango Wildcats, 28. California Trojans, 21. The story of the game was the Shenango defense holding Zuzak to 15 carries for 55 yards in the first three quarters. Staff, Damani Stafford goes out with an injury. Uh, I think it might have been at halftime or early third quarter. Um, Reese Watkins did not play. That was something we thought we should look out for, but C.J. Miller did, the backup for the Cats. He just ran all over the Trojans' defense, and Cal just had a lot of turnovers in the first half, and that kind of defined them. But in the second half, um, they're down uh, 28-7, and then they came back, scored two quick touchdowns in the last five minutes, but ended up um, losing the game. So, um, Jeremiah, what were your thoughts from this one? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I thought Zuzak would still, you know, do what Jaden Zuzak does, the Jaden Zuzak Express. Uh, the thing for me, I, I wonder if that week off for Cal hurt them more than it helped them. I mean, we know the Shenango team's really good. Obviously, only one loss, and that came in the Sexton Championship game to Rochester in the last week of the uh, regular season. But I wonder if the rest hurt uh, not only Jaden Zuzak but the whole California team. And you, you thought it would have helped, you know. We know Jelani or Jelani, excuse me, Damani Stafford um, had you know some rib problems. We thought maybe the week off would help him for sure. 
Um, and just, you know, they're coming off a tough physical game against Carmichael, so we thought, you know, the week off would definitely help them, but you wonder if it hurt them uh, coming out slow out of the gates and really not um, getting up to par is what we've seen from California until that fourth quarter. Um, yeah, very unlike uh, Jaden Zuzak, only 55 yards through three quarters. But, uh, you know, then again, Shenango's the, probably the best defense that California's seen all season. So, um you know, it, it, it's just uh, it's unfortunate to see the, the this California uh, season end like this. You know, I'd like to see what they could have done against the likes of Clareton this week, but uh, you know, this will uh, this will be a good Cal team coming back next year, and, and that says something with uh, Jaden Zuzak uh, graduating. So, um, you know, this Cal team's just going to have to build off it and uh, use it for next season too. Yeah, and we look. You look at this Cal team coming back next year. Um, they still return a lot. Uh, we talked about last last year how they lost everybody in the trenches on defense and offensive line. Um, the scary thing, if you're a member of the Tri County South, is that offensive and defensive line looked pretty good this year, and they're all sophomores. So. California is going to have a strong defensive line for the or and offensive line for the next two years. Um, they got Stafford, who's probably going to move back to running back, and they have a new quarterback possibly coming into the program as well to lead that offense. So Trojans, I think, are very likely favorites to win the Tri-County South right now. Um, but on the Shenango side, I mean, we didn't even see Reese Watkins in this game, and the Wildcats basically dominated on offense in this game. Um and it, part of that reason was a guy like C.J. Miller, the backup running back. Um, one, do you think that we see Reese Watkins here coming up against Clareton? And do you think just the added benefit of having a guy like C.J. Miller in the backfield might make a difference for the Wildcats in that game? Uh, I think that the Wildcats are going to be Clareton. I think Reese Watkins needs to play. Um, I, obviously, I don't know the severity of his injury. Um, C.J. Miller stepped up huge, but I think if Reese Watkins in that game, you know, you get C.J. Miller and Reese Watkins in the backfield. Um, I think that's a tandem that can run with Clareton. Um, it'll be interesting to see where this game is at. I know Clareton didn't play on their grass field uh, last week. That game was moved in the middle of the week to Norwin High School. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where this week's game is played. Um, but that being said, I, I think Reese Watkins needs to play for Shenango to win. And that's not a, that's not a discredit to Shenango. That's just saying how good this Clareton team is. And just to go back to what you said about the bye week, um, just to end on a little bit of a joke here, uh, it's almost as if they should have listened to me and played Ambridge last week. Uh, I don't know if you <laughs> disagree with that because they were the only uh, one with the I opening. mean, like, <laughs> I, you know, like – for their situation, how it played out, you, you already won the section championship the week before. So, like, no matter what you did the last game of the season, it wouldn't have done anything. Um, with the Ambridge game, you're saying. Now, if they scheduled, like, a Jeanette or, you know, one of the teams that was ranked above them with Rochester or Clareton, which was impossible... But those were the like those game the games that would really have any benefit to them because if they won that game then they could have been ranked higher than the four seed so that was just another week to uh, possibly get it, have another injury or significance of that matter so no I, I don't really I, I think they did the smart thing with their situation but you just wonder. Um, if that's what did them in for their season so but. Um, it's too late now. Uh, California had a great season winning the section again. Um, I believe the third time in five years or something like that. So, uh, or at least a share of it and the share of the section in last uh, three of the last five years. So, 
uh, congrats to Cal. And yeah, I would say as of right now, they're uh, the probably the favorite next season. But I think Tri County South is going to be loaded next season. I really do. And another team from the Tri-County South that made the playoffs here uh, was the Avella Eagles. And just before we talk about this game, I want to preface this by saying, Avella, we loved covering you this year. You were one of the most exciting teams to talk about. Um, but this is not a good game whatsoever. This is one of the worst playoff games I've seen in recent history. Brad Birch just went to town on the Eagles' defense. 62-7 to at halftime, 62-14 final. Seven Jeanette players scored in the game. Uh, Brad Birch, that freshman QB phenom for the Jayhawks, had two touchdowns on the ground and four in the air. Avella's defense looked atrocious on both sides of the ball. Uh, what what did you take away from this, if there's anything to take away? Uh, first off, I'll get to Avella, but Brad Birch, uh, one thing I'll take away, Brad Birch is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country in a few years, and I will stand by that statement. That kid is legit. And he will be getting a lot of Division One looks here in the next three years. To Avella, uh, like Nathan said, Avella, you have been one of the most intriguing teams to talk about this season for sure. Definitely the biggest surprise in the coverage area. Uh, no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, Nathan and I both had you, um, <laughs> you know, second to last place in this conference heading into the season. And you exceeded everybody's expectations, not only ours. So thank you for having it for the great season that you had. Um, we look forward to next season as you return um, a decent amount of that talent. You know, you'll be losing some, but there will be some talent back. That uh, makes me excited to see what Avella football looks like. And just one last time for this podcast season, go Birds. Which Birds were you referring to there? Because <laughs> there are about four of them in this bracket. <laughs> that is true. Okay. But I, I, that is true. But I, I know I'll, I'll, the Eagles, the, the, the Avella Eagles. All right, and then one Eagles team that did get a win moving here on to 2A, and this is a game that you covered explicitly. Uh, Sarah Catholic won 21-14 over the McGuffey Highlanders, knocking out the two-seed. Sarah Catholic was a seven-seed. Um, I got a couple of questions about this game because I didn't follow it too closely being at Bell Vernon, uh, but you were there covering it. Uh, first off, do you think Sarah Catholic deserved to be the seven-seed after this win? No, not at all. Um, I, I, you know, we had a big debate if Apollo should have been the four and if Sarah should have been the five. That is absolutely what it should have been. This Sarah Catholic team is legit, and they just might mess around and beat Stow Rocks this week and make it to the WPI championship. Like, this Sarah Catholic team is legit. Uh, and, and that's sad for McGuffey because McGuffey pretty much – I mean, you would have had to play Sarah Catholic eventually, uh, but – this uh, McGuffey, sh- McGuffey kind of, for lack of a better term, McGuffey got screwed, um, in in their um, their pairing really. Sarah Catholic's a legit football team, and uh, their run game needs a little work, but that passing game is deadly. But of course, that that McGuffey front seven's uh, some someone that you don't really want to mess with. Did they necessarily get screwed though? Because you saw Laurel lose by one point to Still Rocks as the three versus six seed, so I'm not really sure if it, even if if a game against Laurel would have been very different. Obviously, Laurel is a um, much different team than the Sarah Catholic Eagles are. Uh, but just what were some of your takeaways here now in game um, between the two teams? Uh, kind of what was the story of what happened in this one? 
Yeah, so, um, you know, it was a really low-scoring game. You know, it was only 8-7 eight, after three quarters. You know, uh, McGuffey came out and scored first on an, a, a bizarre uh, Keith Brookman touchdown where Rocco Faye lost him over the middle. Um, or Kyle Brookman, excuse me, not Keith. And Kyle took it to about the 10, and as two Sarah Catholic defenders caught him from behind, and one actually punched the football out. Um, but it, it kind of rolled around, and actually Kyle jumped into jumped on it, and it just happened to be in the end zone. So, uh, kind of a bizarre play to kind of start the game off. And then I, I, I this shocked me. Uh, McGuffey came out and went for two early, and they did muddle huddle, and uh, it caught Sarah Catholic way off guard. Um, and that was a easy two point conversion, one of the easiest two point conversions you'll ever see. Um, and McGuffey was out eight nothing, and you, you thought then, man, oh, you know, Sarah Catholic better get it going here. Um, then Sarah Catholic, you know, kept fighting back. Uh, they scored, uh, making it 8-7 at the half. Um, they had a really good uh, two-minute drill that didn't take them two minutes, let me tell you. That took them about 35 seconds to go 95 yards. Uh, and, you know, McGuffey, they, they, they do what McGuffey did what McGuffey does. You know, they, they want to wear you down. And I thought that was what was happening. McGuffey was just putting, sustaining these long drives and was capped off by a two-yard mckinley Whippy touchdown, which – um, has happened a lot this year um, when they give it to uh, McKinley Whipke inside the five. Um, and, and then so I credit to Sarah Catholic, you know, they went down the field and scored really fast. Um, and they really, I didn't know how it was going to go. McGuffey was driving down, um, but Sarah Catholic stopped them. Um, and then um, McGuffey went off the punt, and uh, Javon Holt, who I'll mention later, um, in this story, you know, uh, for good, but Javon Holt uh, muffed the punt. Um, he dropped it, and he actually kicked it, going to pick it up, and kicked it about 10 yards and right to a McGuffey uh, gunner, and he pounced on it, and I was but about two minutes left, and you thought then, like, wow, this is McGuffey's to win. Um, and an, an unusual call that I, I didn't expect. I'm not saying it was an unusual call, but didn't expect from McGuffey. Um, it was but fourth and two, and I forget what yard line, but it was fairly close. It, um, it, and I thought McGuffey would go for it um, instead of going ahead and kicking the field goal. Uh, McGuffey did not go for it. I really thought, you know, hey, go for it. Um, it was at the 17-yard line, so it had been about a... 20, it had been a 34-yard field goal or so. Um, so I really thought that, you know, McGuffey... Uh, will go for it and, you know, take the chances on the strong run game and, you know, be like, well, if you don't get it, play for overtime, have the defense come out, you know, make Sarah Catholic drive the length of the field to to win it, you know. So, uh, but, you know, Ed Dalton uh, trusted his kicker, has been solid all year, and he, he hit it off the, the uh, left upright. And, you know, three plays later, as I mentioned, Javon Holt, Took it to the house, about sixty some, about sixty, uh, sixty-seven yards worth, and that was that with twenty-eight seconds left. And we know McGuffey's pass game isn't the greatest, and you know they they don't have an offense that's sustained to have big play capability. And they tried to hook and ladder on the last play of the game, and um, couldn't get it anywhere. And Sarah Catholic pulled off the upset, but but yeah, this Sarah Catholic team is probably the best 
seven seed you'll see in a while in WPIL football, maybe even high school football, I'll tell you that. And, and the, the thing is, Sarah Catholic's still undefeated. Like, they're a seven seed, but they're still undefeated. So uh, this Sarah Catholic team's legit, and they, they'll give St- them and Stowe Rocks. That'll be a heck of a game this Friday. Would you put the Eagles as favorites over the Vikings right now? No, just because it's at home. Uh, just at Stow Rocks. Um, I would I would say Stow Rocks is a three point favorite heading into that game. Uh, that's how. But I, I that that that's just heading into the game. I think both of these teams are uh, that good. Uh, both of them like to pass the ball a lot. Um, both of them are really both air raid offenses. I think Sarah Catholic might have had 25 yards rushing the whole night against McGuffey. Um, and we know we know Stowe Rocks likes to sling the rock. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be a shootout. I think this will be a very high-scoring game for sure uh, between Stowe Rocks and Sarah Catholic. I think, the, I think the first team to 50 will win Friday night. That's going to be a very exciting game uh, for, for 2A because uh, – I think Beaver Falls is blazing through the rest of this, and the team they'll be facing is Apollo Ridge, who crushed the Praxis forty-two to six. The final game here in two A, we'll talk about. Um, Wash High fumbled on their first three drives. Um, the first offensive play that they ran um, was a, was a strip fumble and led to an Apollo Ridge touchdown to break the scoring. Um, man. Wash Hyde has had an interesting and tough season. And, you know, I kind of question... I mean, we saw them destroy Frazier. But I kind of question how good of a team they are at the end of the day. Don't you? Yeah, you know, they played it probably the weakest of the three... Or, or excuse me, four AA conferences. Um, and it showed, um, you know, that the, when they played teams that were better than them, I mean, aside from McGuffey, it wasn't even close. Um, and really in that game, you know, McGuffey had their chances to, to pull away that game, but didn't. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know how good this Wash High team really was. I can tell you one thing, this was the, this was one of the not... I don't want to say the worst, but this is the worst Wash High team I've seen in a while. Um, and that says something about this program and where it's been and where it's going to go. Um, they'll be fine. They'll, re- they'll, they'll, they'll recuperate. But, uh, yeah, definitely disappointing year if you're a Prexy for sure. Yeah, and you're looking at the seniors. They're losing, too. I think they're losing Cameron Carter-Green. I think they're losing Zach Doman, too. Um, in the backfield, Amari Miller is gone. Mike Allen no, is gone. No, Cameron, Cameron Carter Green's a junior. He'll be back next year. Okay. I mean, either way, you know, you're losing a lot of production, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You get Davon Fuse back, though. Um, I And Vandal Page is out, too, I think, uh, one of their yeah, top he linebackers. Is, he is graduating, yeah. They'll they'll, so, they'll 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 hurt him. They'll, or they'll be hurt with how Vandell Page. You know he's a he's a tough player. They'll 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 with all these guys. But um, you know Vandell, he's one of those ones that doesn't get a lot of attention. And then Andre Porter, of course, is gone as well. So I mean, I don't know. I know they really like Asa Charnik playing defensive tackle sometimes in the game, but I don't think he's your he's going to be your solution in the future. So I'm. I'm a little skeptical of the Prexies rebuilding to... I mean, we saw them rebuild from last year into this year, and I think we can all agree that this year's squad is slightly, if not, you know, moderately weaker than the squad last year. 
I wonder if we're going to see a similar thing heading into next year from Washai. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see. But, um, you know, I, I think Washai will be better from this season. Uh, you know, they'll know what they need to do in the off season. Hopefully they'll have a legitimate off season, considering what they had into uh, this coming season. So, you know, maybe that'll help them, you know, uh, help roll out the kinks better and, you know, um, have a little more of a productive offense. I thought Walshai's offense was a really one-dimensional this year. I mean, you can disagree with me, Nathan, but I really thought it was. Um, yeah, just just a disappointing season from Walshai for sure, in my in my opinion. I felt like it was one-dimensional in the fact that Davon Fuse got way more carries than he should have gotten. Like, if you have all of those talented running backs back there, uh, they didn't really. I mean, Amari Miller was kind of a non-factor until the last week of the year. Uh, you know, Mike Allen was all right at at running through the outside, through the middle. It was kind of, it wasn't very good. Vandal Page was kind of a minor player on offense. Like, Davon Fuse got way more carries in his offense than I thought he probably should have gotten. Uh, what, what were you th- seeing there from the offense this year? Because I know you've seen them probably more than me this year. Um, you know, just like I said, one-dimensional. They don't throw the ball a lot. You know, that's one thing we saw them do last year. Now, of course, they don't have Zach Schwartz, uh, who's at WVU now, um, and they don't have someone like Zamir Robinson to throw to, who's at Wheeling University now. Um, so that doesn't help either. But, you know, yeah, I, that's kind of surprised me. I did not figure uh, Davin Fuse would run as much as he did. Um, that kind of surprised me. I think they kind of asked a lot for him this year. Um, considering he is a sophomore and this was his first year, not only in this offense, but at this program. Um, so that was interesting to see. And uh, I think this team had a little too much faith in Andre Porter maybe running the ball this season to start off. I think they saw maybe what he did against Jefferson and kind of got a little too excited. Um, you know, what they weren't going to see in 2A um, was going to be anything like Jefferson Morgan's uh poor defense so uh, I, I I don't know I, I just don't know I, I think Wash High just thought they had something when they really did it this year and uh, another thing you you kind of alluded to here when you talked about guys graduating from last year guys like Zach Swartz Amir Robinson even you know a guy like Isaiah Edwards who was just a leader on the defense um, you know comedy in the middle these guys all had really high leadership skills. I feel like they were big they were really good leaders of the team. They were mature. And that kind of fed into why they got as far as they did. And this year I really didn't see that. I really didn't see one guy kind of taking over that leadership role um that I felt they had multiple guys like that last year. Yeah, I agree. There there was definitely not a lot of leadership shown on that Wash High team this year for sure. Um, the one you mentioned, you know, Isaiah Edwards was the one that I really um, came to mind when I thought of last year's team being that leader. And like you mentioned, Comedy, Robinson, and Swartz. And there was no, there was a lack of leadership this year for the practice season. That was probably their, uh, that was probably the cherry on top to their ultimate downfall is not having that veteran leader this year. 
Hopefully we are able to see that from the next year, a guy that maybe like Cameron Carter-Green or even Dabo and Fuse stepping into that role, and we see them rebound because, you know, they're going to have the athletes. It's just about gelling and meshing together and working well. Uh, let's jump into 3A now just briefly because we had two pretty exciting games um, on the table. Uh, one exciting game, one that got kind of interesting at the end. Uh, the first one, South Park Eagles visiting Keystone Oaks Golden Eagles. Um, what a mouthful. Um, but Keystone Oaks uh, quarterback Logan Shrub, who has been heralded as one of the best in the Whippeal, was in and out of this game with an injury, especially in the second half. So quarterback Mark Hutchin steps into the game and scores a winning touchdown on the final drive for the Golden Eagles to win with 28 seconds left. The Golden Eagles will move on to face Central Valley. Um, they're going to need Logan Shrub to beat Central Valley for sure. Uh, do you think they have even a moderate chance to beat the Warriors here? No, Central Valley is the best team in the state at 3A. No one will touch them to the state finals. Well, that was a short answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. But good for the Golden Eagles. Hopefully they're able to keep it close here with Central Valley this week um, uh, just for a competitive game. But, yeah, I, Central Valley is not going to stumble um, on their way to the state title. Um, Freeport Yellow Jackets 20, Elizabeth Forward Warriors 34. This game was 27-zip at half, and it is the first time in 20 years Elizabeth Forward has won a playoff game. Um, good for the Warriors. They move on, and uh, who do they play next? Oh, they play North Catholic. That is going to be a good game. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I think it will be a very good game between uh, EF and Old North Catholic. I kind of feel like there's a tier system here in 3A where it's like you got Central Valley and they're amazing, and then you got North Catholic and Elizabeth Ford, and they're both really good. And it, and if it wasn't for Central Valley, those two teams would be dominant. So um, I think that's going to be a very exciting game, maybe like the de facto Whippeal Championship since we all know that Central Valley is going to win it. Uh, now let's move into now 4A, and this is where the games get exciting. Uh, first off, though, a little bit of a dud was Thomas Jefferson hosting the Mars Fighting Planets, and the Fighting Planets came into this game with our classic game style of running the ball, and it did not work. Thomas Jefferson just pounded against the run. Teddy Ruffner, who is the Whippeal leader in rushing, only had 13 carries for 9 yards, and uh, it was just a little bit of a mess for the Fighting Planets all night. But, not, but on the Thomas Jefferson side, I mean, this strong defense is... Really needed, you know, to take a step forward um, and gain some momentum after a loss against McKeesport. Do you think they did that? Um, and are, do you think we're going to see something similar against the Plum Mustangs? I do. Um, I think that the Jaguars are um, poised to defend their state title uh, more than ever. Um, you know, I mentioned I think losses help teams more than wins do. I think they make you focus better, and I think they make you – um, kind of bring you back down to earth, per se. Um, you know, when you're up there as undefeated, um, you know, I, you can kind of let things get away from you, fly under the radar. But I think when you get that humbleness back in you, um, I think that helps a team. And I think this TJ team, and led by Bill Chirpek, I think this team's ready and realize that they need to defend their state title. And uh, I think they're going to, um, I think there's going to be a long night to be a plum Mustang. And then on the offensive side of the ball, Jake Pugh, 14 for 15, 218 yards and four touchdowns um, all over the field. And I think he heard all week about how he had threw two interceptions uh, against McKeesport, and he didn't throw any against the Fighting Planets. Uh, 
this is huge if you're Thomas Jefferson to get your quarterback back and confident in a system that's you know planning planned to create success um do you see Jake Pugh becoming you know even a greater star against Plum and then in the in the Whipple title here coming up yeah I think this is his um defining moment in the WPIO playoffs, you know, he had a huge game against Mars. He's going to have to have one of the rest of the season out if his TJ team not only wants to uh, claim Whipple championship but retain their state championship. And we will see what happens next week against the Plum Mustangs in the semifinals. And then if they win against that game, they'll face either Belvernon and Aliquippa. But speaking of Belvernon, uh, they hosted the Chartiers Valley Mustangs for, or no, not the Mustang, the Colts. I don't know. Okay. Chartiers Valley Colts visited. It's fine. It's a horse. They're both. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Anyway, Belvernon won 49-21. This game was four, was it? It was, I think it was 21 to seven at half, maybe 14 to seven. Either well, either way, Bell Vernon came out in the second half with a vengeance, scored touchdowns on their first three drives um, after halftime. Um, one of those, a beauty from Devin Whitlock. He had hit three spin moves in a row. Um, yeah, the Leopards were all over the field. Um, obviously, the question that everyone is asking, one, can they beat Aliquippa in the pit after this strong win? Yeah, absolutely. And I think Bell Vernon will. Um, I just like the way this team is playing now. Um, I like the way this team's played all season, and I I think that they I I I think that they are poised to get back to the WPL championship and win it this time around. You know, they're still um heard about la- how last season ended, losing the TJ up at Heinz Field, and I think they want a shot at uh maybe a rematch with TJ up at North Allegheny. I'm sure if they were playing Plum, though, at North Allegheny High School, I'm sure they'd be excited for that as well. But, yeah, I think this lever team will go into the pit and uh, shock a lot of people. I know that's at the top of the Leopards' minds is that they want to get through this playoff season as quickly as possible so they can face up with the Jaguars once again. I know uh, Coach Matt Humbert has said to his team in a lot of uh, – from what I've seen at a lot of uh, post-game talks to his team, like – Hey, we guys, we want to play. You know who? Um, at the end of the year, and I, they're they're going to do whatever it takes to go face them. Um, that's partially why I picked Bell Vernon um, to get to the final here against TJ. But uh, yeah, amazing job. And the thing that stood out to me really, Dane Anden is probably going to be out for the rest of the playoff season. That means that we are going to see a full scale freshman Quentin Martin as the main feature back and just a little bit of a tidbit for you Jeremiah in the past six quarters being a starter for the Belvern and Leopards Quentin Martin has scored five touchdowns uh, that's against Trinity and Chargers Valley uh, freshman again he's 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 six one you know like like he he has got the body to be a stud running back for the next three years um, and definitely go D1 if he continues his progress. Um, what do you think we're going to see from him now against the Aliquippa team that has a defensive line that is bigger than the Chicago Bears? Yeah, it's going to be definitely his most difficult test, but they're going to have to um, go to their strengths, you know, run off tackle and get him outside. You know, uh, that's the one thing. Aliquippa is definitely going to have speed in size to match up with Bell Vernon this week. That's why I think it's an intriguing matchup. I think the winner of this game, I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game uh, for sure. 
maybe only the winner will have two scores in this game. I think that's how low scoring it will be. Um, but Quentin Martin is going to have to have a big game as well as that Belvernon offensive line. Um, you know, they're going to have to go out and go up against that big defensive line that Aliquippa has. Um, it should be an interesting matchup, and I really look forward to seeing it. Yeah, we we haven't really talked about Aliquippa th- that much in this podcast, but um, they got some big kids on their defensive line. Um, it you know two of, two of the guys are over six five, um, and all of them are over six two. So that's going to be a very tough matchup for the Bell Vernon offensive line. But uh, one guy that's definitely going to help with the blocking is the guy behind it, and that is Devin Whitlock. And that guy had three touchdowns also. Uh, and he is really just grown to his own, only a junior. So this is, you know, next season, these two guys are going to be a sophomore and a senior. I cannot wait for that. Um, but we will talk about Aliquippa Belvern and more uh, next week or next podcast in a couple of days when we preview all of these games. But uh, the final game here, Plum Mustangs 12, McKeesport Tigers 9. Um, This was a game with not a lot of scoring, a lot of defense, probably two of the best defenses here in the Whipple and 4A. Uh, And uh, we got a defensive spectacle here, a lot of turnovers between the two teams. Um, But Plum ends up pulling out here with a win. Um, Do you think Plum right now has a talent to go up against a team like TJ here? Um, I, I think Plum skills players are, but I don't think their line um, will do very well against TJ's. I, I think that's where this game will be won, and I think TJ pulls away late, and they're going to head back to the WPL championship. Yeah, that's a pretty good prediction. You know, I, I, I question. I still have questions for Plum because McKeesport was a team that we knew, we all knew that offense was suspicious, and if you're able to create turnovers against them and you know capitalize off them, which I think both of their touchdowns came off turn, I'm not sure, uh, but like that was a that's a solid game plan against McKeesport. McKeesport is a beatable team. Um, his Thomas Jefferson is also a beatable team by McKeesport, um, but. I I don't know after after two weeks ago it's gonna be difficult uh, with Tom now that Thomas Jefferson knows uh, what's ahead of them. Uh, let's jump into some other scores here and then I'll just I'll ask you which one was uh, most surprising for you or which one you think is the most interesting. Um, Clareton beat Olsh fifty four to twenty. They move on to play the Shenango Wildcats. Rochester beating Springdale thirty four seventeen. They will move on to play the Jeanette Jayhawks. Beaver Falls beat Western Beaver 42-14. Beaver Falls will move on and play Apollo Ridge. And Storox uh, wins 21-20 over Laurel. And they will go on to face Sarah Catholic. Central Valley beat East Allegheny 56-7. I think there was a fight at in warm-ups in this game. Um, and then Central Valley just put a whooping on East Allegheny. Um, they will move on to face the Keystone Oaks Golden Eagles. And North Catholic beating Mount Pleasant 32-14. They will move on to play Elizabeth Ford. And Aliquippa beat Hampton 31-zip. And they will play Belvernon at home next week. Uh, which of these games do you think was the most intriguing um, on the outside perspective? And uh, do you think that team has a chance here to make the final? The most intriguing game for sure is... Uh, Stowe Rocks and Laurel, only 21-20 was the final score. I know Laurel was up 14-6 to in that game at one point. 
Um, you know, Laurel, that's a matchup between two teams that are in the same conference and a team that Laurel, who had beaten Stowe Rocks the last two seasons, including last year when Stowe Rocks uh, had only one loss heading into the WPR championship game, that game, that loss was to Laurel. Um, now both teams are in separate conferences in 2A, um, and they meet again in the playoffs. So uh, you wonder if that was just the familiarity that Laurel has with Stowe Rocks. That's why. But that was the most intriguing game for me. Um, and, yeah, I think Stowe Rocks has an opportunity to make the 2A finals for sure. Um, I don't know about winning it because you got a guy by the name of Josh Huff on the other side, and he plays for the Beaver Falls Tigers. So that's going to be hard for me to pick against. But uh, we'll see. Time will only tell. Uh, for me, I think it might have been – I mean – this is kind of a side note, but uh, Aliquippa only scored 31 on Hampton, really. Like, like I thought that game would have been a much bigger blowout for me personally, but, you know, 31 is still a lot. Um, that's four touchdowns and a field goal, but I've, I'm still a little surprised it was that low. But beside that, I mean, all of it's, all of these scores are kind of a given, except for maybe Rocks Laurel, but you already talked about the end here. Uh, let's jump into our Amigos of the Week, that is Players of the Week for our English-speaking listeners, where we pick uh, which player stood out to us the most um, and why, and we who we think was the Amigo of the Week. So I will go first, and I think it's a pretty obvious choice for me. Uh, freshman Brad Birch against the Vela Eagles. Again, I mentioned it. Six touchdowns, four in the air, two on the ground. This kid is one of the best in the freshman class in in, in the Whippoo right now, um, and he can only go up from here. So, yeah, Brad Birch uh, is my Amigo of the Week against the Vela. Yeah, uh, my Amigo of the Week is from the game I covered, and that is uh, Terrell Booth um, of Sarah Catholic. Uh, he is the junior all-conference wide receiver. Um, he had a great game. He had two uh, touchdowns, the first two touchdowns for Sarah Catholic um, through the air, and he had at least 10-plus tackles um, at defensive end, and he was huge on that defensive front uh, for Sarah Catholic, really da- really uh, putting a stop to uh, McGuffey's run game early and often. And, uh, yeah, Terrell Booth, uh, my player of the week, or Amigo of the week, excuse me. Come on, Jeremiah. Uh, we my, got a brand, a brand here. Okay. All right. That's my fault. That's my first slip-up of the season. I've had many, so yeah, you so, are. No, but <laughs> Terrell Booth, uh, great game, and he's going to have to have another big one to beat the Vikings on Friday. All right, and that just about wraps up this podcast here. We got another one coming out real soon Uh previewing um, the next week of semifinal games. Uh, I guess we can talk about the final in 6A. It's uh, Central Catholic versus North Allegheny, so that'll be an exciting rematch as well. Um, but beside that, this has been the Backyard PA Football Podcast. You can find us just about anywhere you listen to podcasts, um, but make also make sure to check out our social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, all those fun places. Um, as well, you can go hit up PF Football News for all of your Pennsylvania high school sports info, articles, podcasts, um, all that fun stuff, you know, stuff to warm your eyes and ears. Uh, you can find it on PAFootballNews.com. Um, also, be sure to support us on Patreon because it helps us out send a couple bucks our way for what we do because we're excited about the, fo- the football season and the championships coming up. So um, excited to get into and see those games and tweet them out. And then finally, if you like our logo um, and 
uh, like what we do, go check out our merch as well. Um, we got some good quality products on there, like sweatshirts, hoodies, uh, you know, t-shirts, uh, long sleeves, t-shirts, uh, phone cases, all that good stuff. So be sure to get those as well. Um, but aside from that, this has been the Backyard PF Football Podcast. I am Nathan Grella. I'm Jeremiah Miller. All right, and we'll see, we'll see you guys soon. See you guys. You've been listening to the Backyard PA Football Podcast with Nathan Grella and Jeremiah Miller. Contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or through email. Support us on Patreon. And check out some merch on Teespring. Thank you for listening. still here? It's over. Go home. Go.